0: From the studios of Onstage Blog, this is the Box Office Preview Podcast. I'm your host, not Greg Earhart, but Ken Jones. Joining me tonight, when he's not running Onstage Blog, he's running the largest amateur zoo in the greater tri-state area. It's Onstage Editor in Chief Chris Peterson. Chris, how are you?
1: Very good. Thank you for that that, <laughs> that intro.
0: Well, you know, i I've wanted to do Greg proud by, uh, you know, coming up with an intro that's worthy of. Uh, yeah, you know, hosting duties. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you you are driving this bus tonight. Yeah. So, so about that, uh, we <laughs> <laughs> we're recording on a Friday night right now. Uh, we had recorded last night, Greg and I, uh, but we were using some new uh, recording software, and I totally screwed it up. <sighs> yep. So here we are, and Greg was unable to uh, make the recording tonight, and so. We got uh, you know the next best thing, or you know maybe maybe a slight upgrade. I don't, maybe a slight
1: upgrade. Who's I mean set? you called in you called in your closer. I mean, that's, that's right. The...
0: <laughs> our, our ringer.
1: But I will say that your your future with this company, you know, is riding on the quality of this podcast. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like strike one has already happened. And that's, that's it. So, if this doesn't work, there's no there's no strike three. Uh... <laughs> This could be the very last podcast.
0: uh, Well, it's been a ride, folks. (laughs) I won't say it's for the good ride or a bad ride. Just a ride. Just a ride, exactly. I'll leave you to uh, decide on that. Uh, (laughs) Well, let's get into this. Uh, We had some news with, um, again, movie releases being pushed back, everything kind of in free fall and and whatnot. So uh, earlier in this week, we got the news that Top Gun... And A Quiet Place 2 and Morbius had all been rescheduled. Uh, Top Gun is moving from... Uh, what week was that? Like, 4th of July weekend?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah,
0: so that's, that's now opening December 23rd. Uh, so, you know, hey, Christmas release with Tom Cruise in an action movie. Uh, I guess you can't go wrong. Uh, Quiet Place Part 2 is moving to Labor Day weekend, September 4th. And Morbius, which I know we all care about very deeply, (laughs) has moved from a late July or early July release to March 19th of 2021. Interesting
1: Uh, enough, not because of coronavirus. It's just because no one cares. Nobody cares. (laughs) No one cared.
0: (laughs) Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on any of these releases and and the dates that they've been moved to?
1: You know, it's it's not surprising. It's, you know, because everything's getting pushed back. But Mm -hmm. it is it's frustrating we're getting to that point where now it's getting frustrating like i understood it before but you know if everything is being pushed back people are kind of starving for new entertainment they're starving for that that you know big thing i mean the fact that half this nation is talking about tiger king says Mm. something about
0: hold on time out we will be talking about tiger king
1: (laughs) we'll get into it (laughs) um But like half the country has seen this documentary, and that's got to mean something. So it means
0: something.
1: It means something. I'm a little surprised that these companies aren't being like, okay, they'll they'll let maybe all these other properties push forward, but like, why not? Why not have a Quiet Place too? You know, come out on streaming, um, you know, at the you know May first or whatever. (sighs) Yeah,
0: I mean, did you did you see a Quiet Place in the theater? I did. That was an experience. Like that was was like, you could hear a pin drop during that movie, which is so Mm -hmm. rare. I just, I I don't think they want to uh, to give that up.
1: At the same time, it's like you're you're stuck in your house and you can't get out. That's true. Watching a Quiet Place too, (laughs) and you're watching basically. I mean, it looks like there's prequel elements to that movie. So you're looking at like the outbreak of these alien creatures, and it's like, I mean, that could be more timely than ever right now. Who knows?
0: Maybe um no so so greg and i were talking a little bit about the the, the labor day weekend and how that's usually traditionally the podcast never up. happened right that, that... the pocket the, the the now infamously uh you know disappeared uh the alternate that, universe they'll podcast. never the sliding doors podcast <laughs> they'll never see the light of day <laughs> Oh, we, but we were talking about how Labor Day is typically a pretty dead weekend, uh, end of the yeah. summer and everything, and everybody's traveling, and you know it's the last uh, family vacation that people take before school starts. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of traveling this Labor Day weekend. No. So, no. I mean, if they are able to have the studio or the movie theaters open, it, it kind of makes sense to have it, uh, you know, put a movie out on that three-day weekend or four-day. weekend. Let me weekend. ask you this.
1: Let's say this whole national lockdown and, uh, and, and the wave of, of coronavirus, you know, washes over by, you know, July 4th weekend. And then mm-hmm. they say, okay, you know, parks are back open, things like that. How fast are you willing to go back into a crowded theater with people?
0: Uh, depends on how crowded. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, let's say Labor Day. Let's say yeah. the entire country is w- ready for Top Gun or Quiet Place 2. Are you going to go to a 200-seat theater sitting, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder as close as those seats are? Well,
0: I mean, so funny you should mention that. Uh, uh, Quite a few of the movie theaters around me have gone to luxury seating. So Mm. they have, like, the big, like, cushiony, uh, like, chairs that that lean back, like, that are motorized. it's basically Mm. just a big, you know, sofa chair. Um, and, And so you're... You're not shoulder to shoulder, and you're probably still, like, within six feet of of the person next to you, obviously, but it's more like two or three feet away. Right, right. So I would maybe go to that one a little bit more frequently than, hmm. like, the one place that still has traditional seating.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, as a society, how quickly we go back to that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be think... an
0: interesting uh, how that plays out.
1: I think Gen Zers will do it like tomorrow because they're just stupid. But like, you know, <laughs> I think the rest of us who have common sense, who have lived on this planet long enough, um, will will be a little more hesitant to do that. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, but I think, I think Christmas by Christmas we should be fine. But let's
0: hope so. Labor Day,
1: yeah, who knows?
0: I mean, the thing is, once these once these do start to open back up and everything, we're going to have such a chalk block full schedule of movies like there's not going to be a dead weekend between here and like you know, the end of 2021 Right. Because right. so many movies have been pushed back and rescheduled I
1: mean, I think you're going to see a lot of Wednesday openings probably as well. Maybe, yeah
0: Yeah Um, So, I guess one fortunate aspect of, of the Sliding Doors podcast that never existed uh, happening is that Greg and I were talking about, uh, you know, what Disney's plan was and, you know, Marvel and and their schedule and everything. We actually got uh, some clarification on on that this this Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Black Widow get moved officially to November 6th, which was the original spot for The Eternals. The Eternals got moved to February twelfth, twenty twenty one, which was originally for Shang Chi. Shang Chi got moved to February to May seventh, twenty twenty one, which was originally for Doctor Strange two. Doctor Strange two got moved to November fifth uh, of next year, which was originally for Thor, and Thor got moved to uh, February eighteenth of twenty twenty two. Thoughts Good on Lord. on that plan.
1: I mean, you have to do it. I
0: mean, it's yeah. like
1: you know, with these ways that they're they're planning out Phase Four. It's like you, you, it's a chess game. You know, you yeah. move one, you got to move the others. Um, you do know, you, of course. Do you,
0: let me let me ask you: Do you think this was a better idea than releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you: This might be a hot take. Uh, I I don't think Black Widow was gonna do very well. Okay, and I just. I wasn't like nothing in those trailers got me excited at all. Um, nothing really about that character gets me excited at all, <laughs> especially yep. in this current iteration of the character. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, and for, also because I've, you know, obviously it's a prequel and I don't know. It's just, I have issues with them going back and doing these things with dead characters, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I, I, I felt like the, the, anticipation was low so if you did release it on Disney uh or let's say you do one weekend or two weekends on on demand you charge 30 bucks to see it whatever get some money out of it before you put it on Disney plus um that might have been i think a reasonable thing to do it i'll be honest with you put this movie out in april put it out in november i'm not going to go see it in the theaters i'm sorry okay. Just not. yeah
0: so uh I think uh, this was probably the best course of action to take mm. because Disney kind of let everybody else, um, you know, kind of set their their pieces in place, and and then they decided to to act last. I mean, there's still some movies that could get pushed and and delayed further. Um, you know, Tenet, I think is the the big movie that's still left in the summer that that we need to keep an eye on. Um, you still have Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four that's been pushed back to August fourteenth, which you know we we just don't know. Maybe that's still too ambitious of a of a release date, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think because not just that Black Widow is getting pushed back, everything else got pushed back. It's also because you know the Eternals is in post production, and are you going to be able to complete post production? in time for a november 6th release if it stayed there you know is shang chi uh and dr strange 2 and thor love love and thunder are those going to be able to uh be filmed in time to be released at at what their original dates were for
1: Mm -hmm. um it's Mm -hmm. just there's just
0: a cascading effect to everything that's going on right now and so this is you know probably the best course of action i would say yeah Um, definitely also, uh Disney pushed Milan back to July twenty fourth, which bumped Jungle Cruise to July thirtieth of next year. And uh Free Guy also got moved from July third to December eleventh.
1: Wow. Do wow. you
0: care about uh any of that? No. No. no.
1: And actually <laughs> again, <laughs> you know, I think I think Milan was gonna do okay. Uh not great, but I think it was gonna do okay. Um, I think it's actually one of those few movies that was going to do better here than it was overseas because apparently the lead actress has caused quite a bit of controversy oh. uh, over there. Uh, over her, I guess, her support of the Chinese government over the Hong Kong protests and things like that, it got pretty messy. So it's like it's one of those rare things where it's like you know those audiences don't definitely don't like that. So this could have Mm -hmm. had some really negative impact. So by pushing it back, you might give yourself a couple extra months of buffer there. Um, Jungle Cruise, I mean, mildly excited about it, but I mean, the summer of 2021 is like nothing right now. So push it back there. I don't think you're going to have a problem whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And free guy. I mean, I mean, I don't know about that movie. It, it, you know, you've got Ryan Reynolds, uh, but it's a, it's a video game movie based in reality which those don't typically do well. Um I haven't seen a lot of video game movies that are even even the meta ones like, you know, Ready Player 1 mm-hmm. d- do well. I mean, they just don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that is.
0: Yeah, um Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that movie does, especially cuz that's not the kind of movie that you typically get in December. Mm. But again, like getting back to, you know, a Quiet Place Part 2 coming out on September 4th, like I, it kind of feels like all the rules are out the window right now. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to be a totally different, uh, movie theater landscape when we get back to, to, uh, to business as usual.
1: And I'll just say this. I mean, you know, I, I think that if this is, you know, again, I don't want to make light of coronavirus, but if this is the thing that is the catalyst to make these studios seriously start thinking about releasing these movies, you know, on streaming networks and on, on demand sources, um, so be it because this is, this is the trend that we've been like trickling towards for the past couple of years. And I gotta be honest. Like I, I've never seen onward. Uh, We watched onward on Disney plus the other day, turned off the lights Pop some popcorn, and it was a, a great experience. It was actually a, I felt a better experience than going to the movie theater and having like screaming dozens of screaming kids <laughs> trying to watch
0: this movie. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for for uh, onward at, in the uh, in the living room. Plus, I could like
1: cry to, in private, yeah. which I thought was even better. So I was like, because I didn't really know what this movie was about. I'm like, oh, it's about a movie about sons trying to bring their dead dad dad back for a day. I'm like, yeah. this is gonna go well
0: <laughs> for me. So yeah uh one last thing i wanted to to uh make a note of with with the marvel slate being pushed back uh so uh the director of the first uh dr strange movie uh scott derrickson posted something on twitter earlier today that i thought was kind of interesting he said uh the pushing of all these big tentpole release dates will increase their overall quality more time for script and production design development uh he says blade runner looks so amazing because really scott and his team took a year during the 8081 actors and wga strikes to perfect the visuals he said additionally we pushed the release date for dr strange five months in order to get Be- uh, benedict cumberbatch had we not done that we would not have had time to get the script right or figure out how to achieve a lot of the visuals so you know silver lining maybe hopefully to uh some of these delays too
1: that's There's, true uh, but maybe at a the better same time- quality
0: of overall movie Right,
1: but at the same time if they if they're not good, then you're going to be
0: like, right. you guys had a year. <laughs> yeah. You we, we gave, gave you a year. We gave you all this time.
1: <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> so, I don't want to I don't want to see a bad um Eternals movie. I don't want to see a bad Thor, you know, you guys, you know, you push this thing back a year, you know,
0: it Better some be time. good. Better be good. That's right. All right. So, I I, I feel like uh we've put it off long enough we need to get into what everybody's talking about let's do it and that is tiger king so, <laughs> tiger king tiger king <laughs> chris uh <laughs> where, where, i don't even know where you want to start with this um when, What's when this did, talking when about- you, go ahead
1: Let's just talk about who, how we got it, you know.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how did you come across it?
1: How did I come across this? So I knew about Joe Exotic because I'm a huge John Oliver fan. and Oh, John right. Oliver That's did right. This... He had the
0: thing a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I, I, I saw the picture on my Netflix thing, and I was like, oh, you did that a documentary guy? about that guy? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, it's a seven-episode documentary? Okay. Uh, and, and I had no, – by the way, I had no idea – about all that stuff. All I remember was that he had run for president. That's mm. all I remembered about that. So I knew nothing about the criminal case. But when they showed his mugshot, I was like, oh, man, I got to see this. And what I love about this documentary, and, I, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is it it just, like every episode, it just gets crazier. It does. And, I mean, episode three, spoiler alerts. We'll put alerts all over this thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody's when, when, watched it. Everybody's watching it already,
1: but like by episode three when they focus on Carol Baskin and her husband i was my mouth was on the floor mm-hmm. from that point on, and yeah. I'm not gonna say it was like the best documentary I'm not gonna say it was you know like it wasn't it, I didn't feel like it was like a masterpiece in like filmmaking right but it just the way that they they cast these characters so to speak and the way they framed them um was was just absolutely brilliant
0: yeah it uh it really is a, a slow motion car wreck uh played out over over seven episodes mm. and and just when you think the car can't flip one more time oh it, it does like an even bigger flip uh and, and, and more I, I
1: had this this just i mean from from the fact that like travis wasn't showing up in interviews I was like, oh, oh
0: man, man I, that, that's so yeah okay so hold that thought so i was i was unfortunately, sick with the flu over the weekend, and I started like i I had heard about this thing for about a week week and a half, whenever it first came out, and everybody was talking about it. It was all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over you know your your favorite website that you go to where they're they're breaking this down um so I finally Sunday decided to cave and I watched the first two episodes. And you know, I was hooked. And then Monday, I'm still recovering. I, I plow through the next five episodes, and I text you <laughs> as I'm watching the episode where Travis. Um, how do we how do we want to say this? Accidentally shoots himself. Accidentally in the shoots himself in the head. Yeah. Um, with a, a a Ruger, I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so I'm starting this episode, and I finally message you. <laughs> And I'm saying, you know, I'm not noticing a lot of uh, um, talk, talking head interviews with with this Travis kid. So I'm guess, I'm assuming he he probably dies by the end of this thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'd already seen the whole thing at this point. At that point, yeah. And, you know, they're they're talking about like meth use and stuff at the beginning of the episode, and I was like, oh, he probably has a meth overdose, right? Or they like they that. definitely
1: were going in that direction. Yeah, and that.
0: then not five minutes later. That scene happens, and my jaw just drops to the floor. I just, I just message us like, "Well, there you go, there you go, uh, yeah."
1: And that he, blew my mind. the The guy, that poor guy, that had to witness that. Uh, um, his reaction is just like if you, there, there's no acting there. No, there is no like, you know. He says like, "I thought he was kidding," because it does not look like it looks like in the movies. So, like, you see him actually mouth, like, Travis? Travis? Tra-, like, you see... Yeah, and it's like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's crazy.
0: And the, then the, the eulogy woman- after that. The
1: eulogy... <laughs> oh,
0: man. Wow. Oh, Travis With his looked- mother in the front row. <laughs> his
1: mother, who was like... Who looked like she was on something, by the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, she- apparently she's had some some drug uh, issues she- in her past. Yeah,
1: she, she did not look like... Because, I mean any mother in the right mind the second that he starts singing she starts like rocking back and forth and clapping in this really disturbing manner and i was like okay she does not have all of her faculties um with her in that moment but man that eulogy um and then like yeah, i think it was, was it episode one or two where like the woman's arm gets ripped off yes and he and has an emt like,
0: jacket just ready yes. to go
1: <laughs> like that's puts on like he puts on the emt jacket like it's a a hospital gown (laughs) like a small like a doctor smock like a white coat or something like that like it's going to give him some sort of protection from whatever well no authority authority.
0: and power too, control (laughs) it's ridiculous i'm in control of the situation i have an emt jacket on but let me me go tell everyone in the gift shop that someone (laughs) just lost an arm Would you guys like some free stuff, (laughs) Brick? If I gave you some money, would it make you feel better?
1: And did you notice, like, as soon as he like announces that, no one is reacting (laughs) like, "Oh my god!" Like they're all like, "Oh." Okay, okay like, like they, I, they react like the ride was broken in right. disney world like like oh i guess guess we can't go on pirates today like <laughs> an arm was ripped off um but the girl the girl that got her arm ripped off was like it was like ain't no thing to her she was yeah like, she's look. like no
0: take the hand <laughs> take the hand i gotta get back i think to work.
1: she i think she said she was back at work like three days later or something yeah like that. she did, didn't even miss a week that's nuts uh, that's nuts but the whole thing was great and like, you know the aftermath is you know you've got these people now you know because of this and because we're stuck at home with nothing better to do um they are now like celebrities yeah and the the backlash and and the praise is, is now <laughs> coming like we're we're getting the praise we've we've gone through the praise period where everybody loves them and then the reality sets in and now like the backlash begins so like uh, old recordings of of Joe TV came to surface where Joe is like questioning why he can't use the N word. Mm. Yeah, I heard and about so that, that too. That like, now people <laughs> are like, <"Ugh."
0: laughs> let's just let's just put it this way: the least surprising <laughs> plot twist of 2020. my thing is this
1: too: is if your if your likingness of Joe Exotic. Is broken now because of that then you've got some serious issues and not everything that came before it yeah um, and now like uh, now the DA's office wants to reopen that that Carol Baskin husband dis- disappearance case so that like this documentary could have potentially blown her cover um,
0: so it's, well, it's- well, wait 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 is it the event <laughs> is it the documentary that blew her cover or the fact that she says that if you want to if you want some if you want a tiger to eat something you dip it in some kind of oil right
1: <laughs> like
0: wh- why would you know that carol why,
1: why would you know that, carol um i just yeah just she disturbs me on a uh, just many different levels
0: yeah um, it's the, the thing that and i i did enjoy the documentary but around like episode five or six where where joe starts to run for president and then for governor and you know how you you start wondering like in episode two or whatever how is Carol Baskins that much different from Joe Uh, Mm. like all this stuff it's like everybody is just running a hustle of some kind you know right and and I just I can only tolerate so much of of the hustle and the scam you know and then
1: the guy that comes in later on from Vegas and yeah um, just like left her, and then the the other guy ended up being like the quasi hitman. I'm like, what is happening yeah. in this documentary? And we haven't even um, touched on
0: Doc Antle yet.
1: And we haven't. I mean, Doc Antle really comes out of this thing looking like a the least criminally uh, responsible person,
0: uh, but perhaps also a cult probably man. running a cult.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> <Probably also laughs> running a cult. Um, I mean, they kind of not that they glossed over the, that aspect, but like the girl that the the ex employee of his that they interviewed and stuff like Mm -hmm. that i mean they didn't they you could have probably made an eight-part documentary that digged into him oh yeah and i would and i would have been into it i would have been like all right let's go um but did you see his instagram account like the day after they they premiered no so he put out a picture that showed all of the employees that work there and he numbered them like one through 30. And at the bottom there was like a key which showed what each person actually was. So he's like, this person is this person's daughter. This person is this person's boyfriend or girlfriend. So he's trying to prove that this wasn't a cult except for the fact that there were like <laughs> five women that had no des- like descriptor mm. next to their name, which were clearly either his girlfriends or his wives. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. uh, I think, but you know, to his credit, it looked like he only had, like two two children or two you know sons or daughters um, in that photo. So it's not like he has like dozens upon dozens of kids. This but is my
0: this is my wife. This is my girlfriend. These are my concubines, and these are my yep. tigers,
1: my partners. My uh, partners, he calls them. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and I got to tell you, like when I'm watching this thing, and I'm saying to myself, who in the world would would visit these establishments I mean i've I've taken my son to zoos but they are official zoos like the they Bronx are high zoo, class or, places you know, these are high class establishments um, establishments with millions of dollars in funding uh, and in you know whatnot but then you see like you get to see who goes to these things you're like okay I get it like <laughs> I can see the type of person that would you get a kick out of this and right. then um, and then you see pictures of like you know Shaq uh, doing selfies with the Tigers and stuff like that. So, uh, which by the way, Shaq is now getting Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, no, getting he's, he's totally
0: distanced himself. Yeah, he, he's, he's practicing some social distancing from, from Joe Exotic. Uh,
1: I love it. I love it. Well, so
0: you, you mentioned a little bit of the, uh, the aftermath of, of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna play a, a little game that we do on this on this podcast called See Don't See. Yes. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, take a little different tact with this. Or usually we we talk about a movie that's coming out. Here we're talking about a hypothetical Joe Exotic or Tiger King uh, movie. I love it. So for those of you that have never uh, pl- heard this game before, I don't have. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cut that because I don't have the the uh, intro that that Greg has for this <laughs> game. <laughs> I just don't have it in me. So this is basically just the game that we play uh to establish how interested or disinterested we are in seeing a potential in seeing a movie. So, Chris, are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right. Number 1. All you know that the uh movie is got uh, Joe Exotic in it or a character based on Joe Exotic. Uh, see or don't it, see. 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 Okay, sorry. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, scale of 3 to negative three. What would you oh, what would you rate okay. that as? Uh
1: three. three.
0: Three. Okay. I'm uh I'm at a two on that one.
1: Okay. All, yep.
0: right. all right. Uh all you know is that it's a movie about amateur zoos. And there's uh, a Joe Schmo kind of guy running an amateur amateur zoo. Zero. A
1: zero?
0: Zero. A zero, yeah. okay. No interest so, whatsoever. So you weren't a you weren't a big fan of uh We Bought a Zoo <laughs> with with Matt <laughs> no. Damon? Not at all. <laughs> Okay, uh, I was also I'm also a zero.
1: And are we are we doing fantasy casting too?
0: Oh, we're gonna get to that.
1: Okay, yes. good. Okay,
0: yeah. All right. Uh, question number three. Uh, all you know is it's Peta versus Hillbillies,
1: <laughs> which is the, the the that's that's the Return of the King. <laughs> um,
0: feels like a feels like a, a one size of the disadvantage there. I'm not gonna say which right. one.
1: Uh, by the way this this documentary makes Peter look like you know the sane ones uh i'm gonna say one
0: <laughs> one okay uh i i'm at uh i'm at a negative one on that one just uh has a little bit of an alien versus predator no matter who wins we lose kind of feel to it <laughs> that's true uh, <laughs> all right question number four doc Antle. all you know is that the movie features doc Antle. A character. Do I know?
1: Do I know? Like who Doc Antle? is? or just the, no. You just, just know name. these.
0: You just know that a character in the movie is based on the uh, Doc Antle. Zero. 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 Didn't know wow. the name before
1: I saw saw
0: this. Well, um, no, no, no. I you mean, know. you know, having no, oh, knowing what you know now. Seen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. three. Okay, three. that's what I thought. Easy three. I'm a three as well. That's uh. I think there's a lot of meat on that bone.
1: There's oh, yeah. a lot of uh, that's the sequel.
0: There's, That's a sequel. It is. It's a lot. I'll put it this way: there's there's a lot of studio ex- uh, space to be explored. So that, uh, it that would it that be one. called a
1: like, Tiger Maharaja or like? <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 in on a Tiger Tiger training. Wives.
0: I don't know. Tiger Tiger Tiger, Tiger
1: Doctor. I, I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, number five, Carol Baskins. All you know that Carol Baskins is a character in all of this. Ooh.
1: I I'd have to go three again
0: three again wow yeah all right because
1: it would get into a lot of her hypocrisies and Mm -hmm. then also the the murder investigation
0: would Mm be amazing so yeah yeah. i'm right there with you uh slightly less i'm gonna say a two though strong two all right number six all you know is that there's a uh, murder for hire plot in this movie
1: Ooh, uh i'm i'm a two with those i usually like those me too true crime documentaries so Yeah. yeah
0: Murder for hire in a, is always a. Uh, I don't think there's ever a bad murder for hire uh, aspect to a movie. Doctor- <laughs> okay, aspect. Aspect. <laughs> I <thought you> were- <laughs> <laughs> never a bad idea to do a murder for hire plot. Let me just put, throw that out there. <laughs> no, it's always always fun when uh, fun aspect of any movie. Yes, is one. Yes. You know, there's a murder for hire.
1: Because very rarely do they go right. In reality. No,
0: they always go wrong. <laughs> they it's, always go wrong. The the how that how it goes wrong and the aftermath of it going wrong is is what's so fun in the movies. Incredible. All right, last uh last question. All you know is that the movie features an election or political campaign of some kind.
1: You know what? I do like political documentaries about campaigns. I, I this is going to sound weird, but I like War Room, which is a really uh, you know classic uh, campaign documentary about the Clinton, con- doc, you know, campaign and um, things like that. I, I usually dig those. So not knowing who the candidate is, I would probably be into it. So and then finding out it was Joe Exotic, I'd be like, <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna go with three. I'm three,
0: gonna go with three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a one on that one. Not knowing, okay. uh, you know, I like like you said, there's some good ones. I'm, I'm sure there's some some bad ones too. Um. Depending if if it's the right angle, I I would be interested. So let me tally these up here real quick. All right. So on seven categories, Chris, you are a 15 (laughs) on the hypothetical Tiger King movie. And I am a nine. So you are really, really down for the movie, the eventual movie that they make. I'm Uh, easy to be entertained. (laughs) All right. So bonus questions. Mm-hmm. Um and we're going to do this slightly differently where we're going to get into some potential like you know all-star casting of of Duh. the Joe Exotic or Sir, Tiger Sir King reading. movie. Uh so if this was ever made into a movie, uh Greg and I were thinking it would probably be you know like a satirical black comedy that is directed by like Adam McKay or you know that kind of vein of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um so if it was made into that kind of a movie what would you look at for casting uh some of the big characters uh,
1: there for joe exotic i actually came up with two names so okay. i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna hit you twice the first one is danny mcbride
0: okay yep you
1: can see that i mean he's so already you, got he's, he's yeah. from south carolina so he's already got that yep. that twang about him and it it doesn't seem like a stretch mhm so,
0: uh, yeah, second... especially yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna have a lot of the uh, like HBO comedy all stars, so to speak.
1: So here and there, there's a couple <laughs> yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Um, so yeah. So Danny McBride uh, or Jonah Hill. Were Jonah my two. Hill,
0: interesting. My two, huh. For for Joe Exotic, I had yeah. not considered Jonah Hill. You want to know who I who I picked? I picked. Uh, I went with Sam Rockwell. Ooh. I, I think you need a guy that. Uh, it's not an easy role to cast for Joe Exotic. You need no. someone that can kind of disappear in the character, mm-hmm. but still have you know like the comedy chops to pull it off too.
1: Yeah, and, and
0: I think Rockwell's my guy.
1: Yeah, love it.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. So Carol Baskin, who you got?
1: Ooh. So this was a fun one for me because um, there's, there's a lot of people that this could have gone to. My first choice, mm-hmm. Lisa Lisa Kudrow.
0: Ooh, right. I like that. I hadn't considered right? her. There it is. Nice. <laughs> that's a that's a really good one because I I
1: feel like there's probably some more mainstream actresses that would you know chew into that pretty well but like
0: yeah so know. like Kate McKinnon apparently has already been cast to play her in some kind of miniseries <laughs> okay so she's off the board <laughs> she's, off she's the board. already she's already been cast she, she can't use her mm. um yeah no I like Lisa Kudrow that's good like
1: like if this movie was made in like early 2000s, like mid to late nineties, like Kathy Bates would probably be my first mm-hmm. choice. Yep. But yeah, Lisa Kudrow just, I feel like that's, we're there with her, you know, it, yeah. this this would be the moment for her. No, this I would agree. be the Oscar. This would be the, this would be her, you know, well, let's uh, not get Alice carried Jenny. away. <laughs> oh, okay. Her Alice her and Jane Yeah. Okay. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so the two names that I thought of for this were, uh, Melissa McCarthy, okay, and then a little bit out of left field, but I think you see it in the eyes is uh, Susan Sarandon.
1: Ooh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I think. Yeah, go ahead. hmm, I was gonna say I I probably wouldn't find Melissa McCarthy as the menacing side of Carol Baskin because. I mean, there are moments where you're watching her, and I'm just like, wow, there's there's something behind those
0: eyes.
1: (laughs) Sarandon could get there for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if McCarthy could get there for me.
0: Well, I got to say, the the Susan Sarandon casting choice on my part kind of flies in the face of my Doc Antle casting, which Mm. was uh, Tim Robbins. Ooh. (laughs) So maybe you have to choose between one of the two.
1: I mean, Tim Robbins, I mean... If if this was like the I'm gonna be now a serious actor going for the Oscar Will Ferrell role, I'd be on board with that. I I mentioned to you Jeff Daniels. I mm-hmm. I thought it would be a great choice for that too. I mean I think you can go especially with the way that he kind of is this peripheral character in the in the grand scheme of the storyline. Is you could go with someone you know very obscure, or you can go with someone a list celebrity and they're just kind of off to the side doing their thing and, kind of, right um, i got gotcha. you and we just it, like maybe it's just this like extended cameo when joe exotic goes to visit doc antler or something like
0: that. right so you know it could be <laughs> and it's like a stunt casting kind of thing
1: exactly i mean yeah. you could make it like someone you know like brad pitt or something like that and yep. it would it would work for me you know
0: so uh just in in to honor greg's memory uh... <laughs> Since he was unable to be on the pod tonight. Uh he, he had a an inspi what I thought was an inspired casting choice for this uh for this comedy. And that's uh that's Steven Seagal in the role of Doc Antle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I just had to put that out there. 'Cause that, that's that's not bad. That's that's, that's pretty that's good. Bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh you got any any others here? I wanna I Don't wanna you... get to the, the 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 cream of the crop. Uh,
1: I I think it depends on again when when does Doc Antle come into play because you you saw pictures of him and Joe Exotic when they were younger you also saw a lot of pictures of him when he was like really young with long black hair and then in that with with Britney Spears with Britney Spears and I'm like well that's like Paul Rudd right there that's like you know or just long or you know you're um, right Paul
0: Rudd would would maybe work
1: maybe even a Jack Black now I don't I, I mean maybe. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of lot of possibilities there depending upon when does he enter the
0: storyline. Yeah, so you got any, you got any other uh, casting for the casting for the, for this movie? Uh, yeah.
1: So uh, so for the um, incredibly disturbing Jeff Jeff mm Hmm. Um. <clears throat> what did I write down here? Um. Oh, I wrote uh, Seth Rogen.
0: Seth Rogen. Uh, okay.
1: As kind of a you know darker darker character for him to play see i Um, want woody
0: harrelson here Ooh, yeah that's a good one so that's mine
1: that's a good one so
0: so why Uh, rogan
1: just because i thought like you know there's there's got to be kind of a griminess to that character and i Mm -hmm. think and also a ridiculousness to that character that i think rogan would be really good at you know seriously playing so to speak um i also thought about um oh my gosh um barry pepper <laughs> of barry all pepper
0: people. yes because he kind
1: of looks like barry pepper uh so like i was and barry pepper's probably you know, even old enough now to
0: even if <laughs> if you didn't cast him as jeff lowe like he could probably be one of the animal keepers yes you know
1: like put him put him someplace the in.
0: guy with no legs
1: the guy I mean, as long as john hawks is somewhere in this thing playing like a, a, oh, a uh oh no,
0: come on you're, you're you're stepping on my toes here keep going but <laughs> sorry just be careful so, tread lightly just be careful
1: um like i i'd be fine with that um also for uh the um oh gosh i i just had them in my head trying to think of some of the other oh the the drug dealer by the way which we completely glossed over the fact that there's a drug dealer that has like this largest private zoo um ever i mean that's another thing that you could really go i think stunt casting wise Wait,
0: are you talking about tim stark is that the i don't know who's the, the drug dealer
1: <clears throat> when they go to Miami and they go to this like drug dealer's house, uh, and they, you find out that he was like this convicted drug dealer and stuff like that,
0: you for <laughs> totally, that? I'm totally blanking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much crazy happening in this documentary. You forgot about that? Yeah. So they go to this. They the the, the filmmakers go down to Miami because they hear that this guy who kind of is in this circle has the largest private zoo like he doesn't open up to the public at all it's just for him only
0: this isn't um, the opening of the movie is it it might be I mean the documentary might... where and they find the, the snow the, um...
1: no 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 that's not it that's not okay. it uh, I think it's like an episode two <clears throat> um, but they, they go there and at first they're turned away by the security with guns like, oh, oh right
0: in. okay I remember that and
1: then they let her they, they, they're able to come back um, later on so um, I thought okay this would be a great role for um oh my god what's his name the guy he was in once upon a time in hollywood for like a minute he plays he's like riding a horse next to luke perry um he's a great character actor constantly cast in latino roles oh
0: uh oh yeah no i who are you talking about something something junior uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that guy guy. (laughs) he was my that was my pick collins jr i can't remember his first name
1: Something like Harry Collins Jr. or something like that, but yeah, yeah, Hen- that guy,
0: yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, so I'm just gonna throw out a couple more. Please, that, uh, I had so I had I was Jeff Goldblum or Steven Merchant for Howard Baskin, Carol's husband. Yes. Uh, yep. Adam Devine for John Findlay. Mm. Yeah, I can see. It. I had a hard time finding uh, someone for him. Uh, Travis Maldonado. I put Pete Davidson. Ah,
1: see, I put um, for John Finley, I put Scott Eastwood. Actually. Oh,
0: that works. There you go. Like, give me, give me like a dark, grimy up Scott Eastwood for okay. that role. That might work. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, for Rich Kirkham, the the TV producer for Joe Exotic TV, uh, Steve Buscemi.
1: Good pick. Good pick.
0: <laughs> uh, Josh Dial, the campaign manager from Walmart, which is a thing. <laughs> I had Josh Gad.
1: That's a good pick, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, James Gerritsen, the uh, strip club owner slash pawn shop owner slash jet ski aficionado enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had Paul Walter Hauser, who was the... Oh, um, from,
1: um, from the Richard Jewell movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then... Um, For the, for two of the zookeepers, I had Bill Hader and Owen Wilson.
1: (laughs) See, I I think for the zookeepers, you got to go like, you got to go to like casting from like Sons of Anarchy or Walking Dead or, you know, (laughs) um, just the grimiest of the, that's why like John Hawks works because.
0: Well, I mean, John Hawks. So uh, here's the thing. Yeah. We, we, we cast the comedy. But the the question remains, is the comedy is the Adam McKay version of this movie the best way to go? <sighs> Greg and I it's said no. <laughs> In fact, we thought the best course of action would be to make this movie and have it be directed by David Fincher and written by one Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> and what you have Is a dark drama about a bitter rivalry that gets to the heart of the American economy, the American dream, between the hero Joe Exotic and his nemesis Carol Baskin.
1: Oh man, that's good. That's good.
0: In this Fincher Sorkin drama, let me just give you some of our casting. We have one Christian Bale as Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. because christian bale can disappear into any character he will he lose yeah. or gain any amount of weight necessary to to get the role so for carol i i suggested uh kate winslet or emily watson
1: i <laughs> think that's an insult to emily watson oh
0: um... no it's a it's a compliment to her talents Ooh, gosh yeah i don't i don't know about her so to speak but yeah okay you could talk me into it depends
1: right. on again depends on when when do you set this thing
0: yeah so, that's the thing yeah. uh for doc Antle, i i went with the jeff daniels uh line like you did
1: see for me it would either be jeff daniels or bradley whitford uh in that moment mm,
0: okay you know, there you, you are, go if
1: you're with those two guys in charge yeah
0: uh howard baskin i chose jonathan price yep uh i couldn't find a john finley so maybe we go Jared leto <laughs> no <laughs> no leto jake gillenall uh <laughs> travis i did have a travis maldonado though uh lucas okay. lucas hedges yeah so there you go or,
1: you know I, I you know had had his career taken a different turn lucas haas would have been perfect for that role
0: right like 20 years ago
1: yeah because he looks at yeah. just like him so. <laughs> but he's
0: also like 45
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah <laughs> By the way, when I when I said Lucas hedges to Greg, you know, his response was, "Who? Exactly."
1: <laughs> cuz Greg cuz if it's not it's if it's not a Marvel movie or uh, you know I was like,
0: "Greg, did you did you see three billboards outside of Ebbing Missouri?" And he's like, I'm sorry. "No." I
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Greg Greg doesn't see art. No. He doesn't go to the movies. He does not like to see artistic. Your 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 words not mine. I'm- Greg, Greg will go with the mass populace or the obscure to the point that nobody likes this movie. The reference that he holds, <laughs> the reference that he holds, things like bloodsport in, yep. <laughs> are preposterous. And then he'll like, insult the fact that like. Yeah, you know, he'll insult Wes Anderson. I don't even know if he's seen The Godfather or not. I, I can't, I can't confirm or deny that he's seen The Godfather. Uh, I'm so um, glad we're doing he, this pod right now. If, if you try to explain to him the brilliance of Citizen Kane, Look. he'd be like, "Yeah, but if you see the brilliance <laughs> Look, of Francis Ford
0: Coppola, step up to the plate." Yeah, step up to the plate Francis Ford Coppola.
1: He'll be like, "Yeah, he directed Godfather, but he also directed uh, you Seven know, Years in Tibet." Or, or that that Cundoon or whatever it was. Cundoon. Or um what was that movie where where um Robin Williams like
0: Big uh, Not big Jack Jack, Jack.
1: <laughs> He did
0: Jack. He did Jack.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So I'm not surprised that Greg doesn't know who uh. Lucas Hedges is. I'm not surprised if Greg doesn't know who Timothy Chalamet is or any other person that's you know. Appeared in artistic Uh, films.
0: I love this. I'm sorry. I'm here for all of it.
1: I'm sorry he didn't co star with Jean Claude Van Damme in Time Cop 2 or something Uh, like that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You've made my night. Uh,
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) All right. So, a couple more inspired what I think are inspired uh, casting choices that I came up with. So, for Jeff Lowe. In this, in this uh, Sorkin drama, just I mean, just Sorkin with tigers. Think about the walk and talk scenes, mm. you know, with tigers, with tigers. <laughs> so, so Jeff Lowe, I got Sean Penn. Yeah, give him, give him that little like uh, pencil mustache and goatee, mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. and then my hitman, Alan Glover. You know who Ooh. I got for this? And this Good is this is me. the perfect casting. Uh, one Michael Rooker. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. He, he fits it perfect.
1: Actually, you know who would actually be a good Jeff Lowe too? Like, especially now? Emilio Estevez. Ooh. Like, like a return. Like, this is like his comeback role.
0: This is like his, uh, Mr. Robot for Christian Slater.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Emilio Estevez is Jeff, Jeff Lowe. I'm in. I'm in.
0: And then, uh, I'll, as you mentioned his name several times, I had John Hawks as one of the uh, the, the animal keepers.
1: John Hawks, like, yeah. Dirty Thomas Jane. Um,
0: give me, <laughs> like... <laughs> Hobo Thomas Jane from... Uh, Hobo, Hobo Thomas Jane from
1: Arrested <laughs> Development. Um, I can't believe we didn't fit David Cross into this someplace, uh. by the way. I, um, but, um, yeah, and then, you know... There's gotta be some, you know, people of color in this too. I just like that the the woman that gets her arm ripped off, she's Asian. Do of you some think sort.
0: do you think uh Scarlett or Hansel would be a good one? <laughs> I, hate <you> so much.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Aquafina for that one. <laughs> but me but Scarlett, Scarjo would probably want to take that one
0: too. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there for you. I hate you. <laughs> All right uh well I, I think that's pretty much all that we got <laughs>
1: wait that's everything that you got to the the sliding door podcast which by the way sliding doors is not a popular term is it like no it is it as a it is is it, is it a proper, it's, it's a popular idiom okay
0: it, it's actually yeah it it's weirdly i think i, w- I would argue it's, it's, that. i would argue it's more famous than the movie it's based on
1: wow which and is I weird. Thought, I, I thought you were just referencing that terrible movie. No.
0: Um, by the way, I no, saw that you s- watched... S- Bill Simmons s- says it all the time on his pod. <laughs> really? <laughs> <By the laughs> I way... kid you not.
1: By the way, I, I saw that you saw Contagion the other day. Yes. How was it watching that?
0: A L- little, little weird. A little weird, right? A L- little surreal. <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. You, you definitely have to be in a uh, good frame of mind to, to watch that.
1: Great. By the way... Yeah. Uh, did you see that Netflix has this, this, um, like mini series called like uh, pandemic, how to yeah. present, how to prevent. And so they, they I haven't, I up, haven't like,
0: been able to bring myself to watch that yet.
1: Right. They, they put this thing up saying how to prevent an outbreak. And I'm like, these Too are late. things I would have liked to have known yesterday.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, like Adam Sandler wedding. Secretary. Yes. Like once again, this is something, something I like I've to have known to yesterday. My <laughs>
0: yesterday.
1: <laughs> First reaction I had to that. But yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. By the way, have you
1: seen McMillions yet? I have not. Oh my god! So if you loved Tiger King,
0: you will seriously. Oh, that's that's enjoy right. The uh, the McDonald's Monopoly documentary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It is
1: again. You're taking something just like Tiger King, where you cannot imagine them making this compelling enough for six episodes, and yet they do. They do a great job, and that that is like the professional million dollar budget film as opposed to the independent film that we mm. saw with Tiger King, if that makes sense. Well,
0: so. I mean, speaking of documentaries and, and multi-part documentaries, ESPN recently announced that the uh, Michael Jordan documentary they have is moving up to uh, to this month. Huge. So, Huge. yeah, talk about uh, money devoted to docs. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good time for, for documentaries. It really know? is.
1: I mean, th- we're in a culture where we kind of want this right now. And I think the more we, we get and and I think ESPN to their credit, the 30 for 30 documentary is really kind of kickstarted a lot of this. Um, you know, Netflix obviously kickstarted a lot of this cause they just needed that content. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's exciting.
0: All right. I guess I think that just about wraps it up. We've gone about 55 minutes now. Um, Perfect. Uh, for my friend, Chris Peterson, I am Ken Jones we will probably not be back next week. Uh, we're going to take a short little break. So we'll probably. Because be you have back. to find a
1: replacement for Greg because he <laughs> you know, missed his podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: And maybe you after the post production. I don't oh, know. Oh, we'll come say. on. So <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you in two weeks. Have a great day, people. Bye.